since you've been gone. Okay, so like I was saying, nothing happened. There has been no news. It's been quiet. Yep. Nothing has happened since episode uh, a while ago. That's true. Until. Nothing. Until now. Or until now. Welcome to episode 213, everyone. Welcome to the aftermath of the pan hurricane. Since we've been gone, Jay and I have had hurricane. Uh, um, uh, we've, we've had. I've had quakes. I, I went through my first ever earthquake, and uh, I thought I'd wow. be in California for that. Yeah. Yeah, there's and, been a lot. Uh, a we've bit. gone through a, a little bit of things. It's been crazy. Yeah, there's been a lot. You know what? Let me lighten up the, the mood with a joke that we were just talking about before the show. And then, so a priest, a rabbit, and a minister walk into a bar. The bartender uh-huh. asks the rabbit, what will you be having? The rabbit says, I don't know. I'm just here because they're autocorrect. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. Brian Fischler has nothing to worry about. No. He's, he's safe in his <laughs> nope. uh, comedic nope. abilities. Nope. Yeah. Uh, we actually do have news. We have a lot of news and we have a lot of old news. So even though we haven't been actually recording anything, we have been watching the skies looking for information. And man, do we have a bunch of stuff to give to you in the pipeline as we go. But, you know, let's break right into this because, man, the news that we do have, the breaking news, Big and amazing. Can we cover it all in five minutes? <laughs> uh, no, but you can do it in 82 minutes, 57 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> do not set the clock, I promise. No. Well, that would be too much for Ira, then. It's one of the things we didn't really <laughs> cover, Jay, while we were yeah. gone, is uh, the death of Horizon. Uh, Ricky and I held a funeral for her Horizon grasses. It was... Um, it was very sad. It was very, very sad. We didn't bury them in the backyard. We still have them, and we still have the Samsung phone in its OtterBox case that it came with, and Ricky opted for the credit. And uh, it, it's a shame. It is a real shame. And that's just one of the things that made me feel kind of bad about Ira this week. Yeah. That's not the big news, though. So Horizon is kind of where things started. Go back to the CSUN where I interviewed Troy Atelio, who I kept running into because nobody else was there. <laughs> so we were able to do a nice... <laughs> they were all at the open-air buffet they shouldn't have been having. <laughs> Pretty much. I recorded about a half-hour interview in two parts. We did part one, and I think my battery died or something, and then something else came up. And I was like, all right, that's all right. We'll make some time or time later. We'll just do even more of this. And for those of you who didn't listen to that or don't know, Troy took over as the CEO of Ira, was formerly on the financial side of things. And pretty much had the charge whether he self-appointed this charge or was kind of figured this out by looking at the numbers that you know the way that things were running in the past is not exactly sustainable sustainable so a lot has been done over the past year to make ira change from a startup mentality to one that can actually uh, survive right into the near future and beyond so last year about this time free calls for everyone Five minutes at a time, Woo-hoo! you just keep calling back over and over and over. And some people did call back over and over and over. Some would say it's abuse. I don't think it's abuse. That's what the offer that they allowed, right? I mean, it is what it is. And you know, you would call back. You could keep calling back multiple times a day. Well, according to the email we saw a week or so ago, that accounted for 55% of their calls. Are you surprised? No. 
<laughs> because I mean, I was one, I was a paid IRA user. And then I looked at it and I'm like, hey, I can get accomplished everything between that and the various offers that are out there. Why would I pay anymore? And I know I'm not the only one that did that. So rightfully so, I think the offer has been dialed back. And I still think it's pretty generous, Joe. I agree. And this has been a conversation between us since the beginning of this particular podcast back in 2015. This has been something we've discussed. It's been on our top 10 list for the end of the year. It's been hours of conversation between Ricky and I over the years. I think there was a lot of startup mentality. I think that was a little pie in the sky as much as that can happen when somebody's trying to do a little unicorning. And that's an actual term in, in startup circles in which they're trying to get money and funding. Certainly the pandemic didn't help. If you're relying on enterprise to carry you through on the customer side and people stop traveling in airports and schools are in a state of flux on whether you can use that in an education setting because people aren't necessarily in schools, that, that really kind of eats into the bottom line. And then you take away things like Horizon. I mentioned that earlier, but that's a significant thing because I'm not one that feels comfortable giving up a hand to the camera every time I want to use this service. And yeah, I know there's a lanyard, but it's nowhere near the same no. as crawling under your washing machine and putting on a camera so you could read the serial number on a door when you need your hands free. So no, I, I think that was a horrible move. I feel really bad. Greg last year at the beginning of the five minute thing came on the show and he talked about that. He did mention I mean, this is something that's working for them and against them, but he mentioned very transparently about how this was and where it was. The only thing that wasn't really mentioned and we questioned it back then is that we didn't know who was paying for it. We didn't know if that was an internal promotion. We didn't know if there was a, an angel investor. We didn't know if there was a company that was underlying it, if I remember correctly. I mean, I mean, a lot of time has passed since then and I have the brain fog, but I don't remember that being specified or clear. And people had even asked that question on Twitter and other places. So it was always a thought that that was a limited opportunity. What I was sad to see was social media just dogpiled the company. And I think that was a bit uncalled for. Uh, I think there were a lot of people who misunderstand what it takes to man these lines 24 seven with trained individuals who must get paid. And that comes at a cost. It's just, you know, you can only get so many Intuit promotions, freedom, scientific promotions. You can only get so much of that to pay for things. Eventually it has to come down to the community. And there was a lot of people in our community who <clears throat> made their voices heard about whether they would fund the organization or not. Well, it's like a lot of things. It's like politics on Twitter. You are going to have a few loud voices that may not represent the majority talking about what happened. So to refresh, for those who may not be uh, familiar with what has now happened, the offer is changed to two different promotions. If you are a guest, in other words, you're someone who does not pay for Ira at all, you are now allowed one five-minute cough per day which is still 155 minutes a month if you happen to use all 31 days of a month. If you are a paying subscriber with the lowest plan being around 30 bucks a month, 
then you are allowed one call every four hours. So that's potentially still 900 free minutes, which is if someone were to really exploit that and go all in on it and be calling in six times a day, that's what you would get. I don't think anyone's going to come that close, but some people might try. So a couple of things. One, that does wave a bit of a carrot for someone to at least jump on the 30-minute plan because, hey, you're also going to get all these extra free calls. Maybe it's a gateway thing. Then the the other part of it, the criticism, some of it that came up, maybe you know, there's some validity to some of it. One of the biggest things that I heard are people wanting to buy blocks of minutes without being on a monthly plan. So akin to some of the prepaid phone plans where you just happen to buy 30 minutes for whenever you need them. And I talked to some people, Joe, that said they'd be willing to even pay a little more for that, understanding that the cost of a minute without a monthly plan does put a little more of a burden on Ira as far as the agents and such. And, I, you know, so I asked people, would you pay yeah. 30 bucks for 20 minutes or 40 bucks for 30 minutes? And some people said, yeah, they would do that. If you are a company that has other income that you can kind of rely on that works because it's like gift certificates, that, that sounds good, but they aren't money. They're not accountable. They're not something you can put into the tally sheet until they're spent. You know, that's the thing about a gift card. So it's like, yeah, we got money coming in. We got income eventually. That's, that's not going to work really well. It's the same way as rollover minutes. Rollover minutes, you know, again, were an attractive thing to get you interested, but it's not financially feasible because even though you've paid for those minutes, those minutes haven't been used. So therefore they haven't been accounted. So therefore they didn't exist. It's a real weird marketing versus accounting situation. And when you have other income flowing in, it's a little easier to make something like that work or when you're first starting. And I think that's part of it is that the company was just starting out. There's a lot of things that are said in the launch of a service. There's a lot of things that are said by companies when they're first trying to get off the ground. You know, it's like Reddit, Reddit. The two creators of Reddit came out like seven years ago and said, yeah, we made a bunch of posts in there to make it look like people were using it because who was going to invest in anything if it wasn't being used? They're just things that businesses will do initially. And I think that's kind of alien to our community. There's a lot of things in our community in business that would seem normal by business standpoints, but not necessarily something that our community would recognize. And I'm not saying that there was a golden fleece here, but there were things that are normal in business that make sense that may not necessarily feel like they fly right in, in what you might know about how companies work. And so that I saw, and I saw that in the Facebook, there's a Facebook group for Ira and there were some, at least some nice things said there. They were, they were nowhere near as mean and uh, ill-spirited as they are on Twitter, as most things on Twitter usually is, but it's, it, this too will change. Uh, I think the, the company is learning. I think we're seeing that all over our industry. This is just kind of the tip of the iceberg. We're going to see this from other companies as they have to adjust, as they have to consider, you know, how they sell things that you would normally want to have an opportunity to be more involved with braille displays. Perfect example. And I want to, you know what, I want to give Ira some credit as well. And first of all, most of the comments that came through on the Blind Bargains Twitter were pretty understanding. So yay for our listeners for having a pretty balanced view of what's going on as far as what was going on with the Ira situation. Uh, one thing that they did make a change on earlier in the summer is to allow 
for a permanent opt-out of recording. Now, it still needs to be activated by the agent, but what happens now, if you request it, is you can say, I don't want my calls recorded. The agent will get a nice big pop-up on their screen, right? When they take your call, they will click a button so the call is not recorded. So for people in business situations or just other reasons where they don't want their calls recorded, all you gotta do is call, ask your agent one time to make that setting live. They can uh, put that request in. So that's a thing that some of us have been asking for, probably led by Chansey and others for a long time. So I definitely wanna give Ira a lot of credit for making that, you know, it should just be in a settings under a toggle, but this is a lot better than what we had before. You used to have to ask for it on every single call. So I'm very happy for that. And more transparent. I mean, there was more information in the article slash newsletter that they put out. We're just hitting the high point here. But they talked about a lot more stuff in the August CEO newsletter. And I think that's still worth a recommendation and for them to be commended by. And, you know, who also gets an opportunity here is Be My Eyes, because a lot of people mentioned, well, I'll just use Be My Eyes. Well, great. That's an opportunity for Be My Eyes, but it's also an opportunity for Ira to show off just why you're paying for agents that are specifically trained and who are, you know, more leaning into the idea of how they can assist you in what you're trying to do. Now, that's not to say anything bad about Be My Eyes, good friends of ours, but it's a difference that people were having. It was a conversation that people were having about the differences between the two services. And there's still a lot of options for free calls on both sides. Of course, everything on Be My Eyes is free, but you know, you still have the job seekers offer on IRA for any help getting a job. The small business offer for entrepreneurs still exists. The I believe the Jaws offer is still there. Look, uh, more things on the location. Walmart was voted by users as an access location, so that allows for both uh, online purchases and limited in-store visits through the end of the year. So there's still lots of opportunities to use ira for free and then you can fill in the gaps with be my eyes you know we still have a lot uh compared to the five years ago we had none of this it's still a lot to be thankful for right yeah it'll be great to be able to get them back in front of the microphones in um csun uh, well oh wait that's gonna have to happen a little differently um, uh <laughs> yeah. next year maybe virtually I, because yeah. uh <clears throat> like atia csun has joined the virtual bandwagon this also came out and I'm, I'm very pleased to see this. I think after what happened with you and, you know, Shelly covering it and hearing that I was afraid that that might happen again next year, the big echoey ballrooms. I think this is good. I think this is good for them to take a year out or to reassess. I think this is really neat that CSUN is going to go virtual next year. And it, it's going to be interesting to see if all these convention contracts are maintained or if they were able to get out of various places. Cause there were some people who, who hoped that we would get through those five years in Anaheim rather quickly and go back to someplace like San Diego, but man, I will take Anaheim yeah. or San Diego. Cause that's, that's going to be a really interesting place. And you know, we were speaking of businesses just a moment ago. There are so many assistive technology companies who really use that as their moment in the sun for their product or to get feedback on their product or to debut their product. And that's going to cause a lot of people to rethink how they do marketing and put those products in your hands. Well, let's look at the past few months. So AT guys, we were pretty deeply involved with the NFB convention, which was virtual. I was attending some various more local events, 
a lot of state conventions this fall are virtual. ACB was virtual. And a lot of different things have been tried. Some are more successful than others. But I think uh, we've kind of learned what might work and what might not work as far as doing things remotely. Um, you know, a lot of possibilities as far as doing meetings on Zoom or doing sessions on YouTube Live. CSUN has been a conference notoriously against streaming much of their content in the past. You wonder if that will carry over when they go back into an in-person in event if it happens in 2022. But there certainly are a lot of good points, some challenges. I noticed a lot over the summer, uh, ACB did a very good job of doing captioning for people who are deafblind, and that's something that others need to really take note of. I think NFB did a really good job with how their exhibit hall was organized as far as we, uh, everyone having Zoom rooms that wanted them and breakout rooms. Zoom actually adding more features to the breakout room feature in the next month or two. So that could enable more of that. So the you know a lot more remote opportunities coming up. Part of the other question too is how much is CSUN going to try to charge for the conference next year? And will people pay it as, you know, are they going to pay $500 for a remote conference with a bunch of sessions, uh, you know, and does that whole formula change if you're able to at least go back and watch them later? Because then you can at least watch sessions that are at the same time. So, I mean, there's a lot we don't even know yet, but at least they have time. I am glad, speaking of transparency, that they're out in front of this. I mean, it's definitely the correct decision, even if it adds a year onto the Anaheim contract. Yeah. And a lot of eyes were going to be on this regardless, because some still feel a lot of ill feelings to what transpired in March and for good reason. And th that was a little weird how yep. that all happened. And, and we, we talked about that on a podcast months ago, back when there was news. And so there yeah. was a, an opportunity there, but you mentioned the NFB convention, more than 7,000 people attended. That was, you know, double what would normally happen in yep. person. And I am ecstatic about that. I think that's a fantastic opportunity for those who don't wish to travel, those who cannot travel, those who aren't sure that they can travel. This was something that they could really get a taste for what it would be like to go to, say, New Orleans next year, hopefully, and attend an NFB convention. And what a fantastic I mean, it was really great top to bottom. The, the, there was a lot of information, some fantastic speakers. I really felt like both sides came through and brought their a game. It was definitely worth time setting aside for and going through uh, the, what they had placed. Uh, there's some of that stuff actually archived now that yep. you can review, which is great. The uh, presidential speech for NFB was really good as well. Let me nip one idea in the butt. <laughs> Not that it can't be done. But I've heard some people suggest that going forward, we should do hybrid conventions. So <laughs> referring to the idea of let's uh -oh. just combine the best of an in-person experience with the best of a virtual experience. <sighs> okay, so anyone, most of the tech people in the world are looking at this like, oh my gosh. There, there are certain things that I think that we can take from this experience. I think it certainly is feasible, for instance, to stream more of the sessions, more of the breakout meetings and, you know, like the division meetings and things like that. I think streaming is fine. To create an interactive vehicle where you have both in-person people and oh. virtual people is going to be really oh. difficult. It's not impossible. You could, yeah. you could have an email for questions and some, you know, I've even done it at a state convention where we, people could, well, this is way back when people could MSN messenger in questions, you know, yeah. it's, there's no way I'm doing a virtual exhibit hall at the same time as that in-person exhibit hall. 
No, that's literally like more staff and, and treating it right. like two separate entities. Yeah. Yeah. Doing it a different week. Yeah. Or doing some other weekend. Sure. Absolutely. That'd be a cool idea. And you could borrow that. But you look at how busy an in-person hall is. There's just no way you can do all of that in the same week. So there's definitely, I think, some features that we can take into next year. I hope the app remains. That's something I've been pushing for for a few years, having a convention app. That is really nice. You had a member yeah. directory up there. You could just easily go, um, you know, in, if you're in person, you could just pull up the app and you could say, wait, which room is this uh, in? Is it in Wikia 8? Or oh, we're not there anymore. But, you know, and that would be really nice. Right. Or do it like click to go maps where from here, I c- here's my instructions to get oh, yeah, to there. I, I mean, that's a lot uh, of yeah, cross data. But, oh, man, that would be amazing. Uh, you know, you say that 10 years ago when we first started covering conventions in mass and then five years ago, six years ago, when you and I were talking about this, you know, we would talk about how ACB used to do it in the exhibit hall and get people to come by and do the booth and do it live. And that's kind of distracting. I, I, I liked that they did it, but the undertaking of doing that and grabbing somebody and scheduling that and booking that is hard on the vendor as well as it would be hard on the person there because those guys are there to sell. You know, we're lucky when we do conventions, we are very lucky that people grant us their time because the 20 minutes they're talking to us is 20 minutes they could be selling. That's the whole reason why they're there is to make money. And not to say that we don't get their message out there. We do. It's what we've been known for for many years. But at the same time, it's always been a give and take. And so, yeah, yeah I agree with you. It's something that has to be balanced. And I like your idea of like a week later or something like that. Yeah, or, you know, a week or because, two. I mean, it just makes more sense. Absolutely. I mean, and looking forward to ATI and CSUN, you know, this summer's kind of been a bit crazy for us. I know we haven't put out a lot of shows. Uh, you can go on the Blind Bargains website where Joe has compiled hundreds of links of a lot of stuff that's happened over the past couple of months. But really, there hasn't been a lot of news to do regular shows. But there are a few people that we want to bring on interview-wise. And especially by the time we get to CSUN, we'll have to figure out, obviously, we're going to have to figure out a virtual thing and just probably just have a, a couple of zoom rooms team talk rooms whatever new audio technology is available by next year so we can just start doing interviews and i'm, I'm sure we won't cram them all into two days you know we can the, the luxury is we can spread them out over a week or two but you know we'll have to find uh, some ways to do that and kind of uh you know miss the hands-on for sure that's going to be difficult because part of you know like this year with the orbits and the natic and other things it's great to be able to sc- describe the new thing that we're talking about so you know well maybe we can find some creative ways or maybe someone will be really nice and send us a prototype something that we can play well we'll work it out we'll uh, we'll figure it out as we try to get back to a bit more of a regular schedule and we'll see what we can do yep it's how we did polaris in the past yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's how That's we true. did polaris in the past it's uh you know at the beginning of this year i got my hands on the mantis and the chameleon before they debuted back in orlando in the before times and uh that was a lot of fun at that time, I talked with Andrew and Andrew said, just wait, there's something really cool. Just hang in there. And uh, he was right. They have a new BI Brilliant 40 and they have a 14 going right now. They have an amazing deal going on. So if you uh, grab a uh, uh, 14, uh, you pay for the 14 up front and uh, then you're able to be on your way to getting a 40. So basically what you're doing is you're paying for a 40. But you get a BI-14 to play with right now because the BI-40 ships later this year. And for the price of paying for that BI-14 up front, 
you just pay off the rest of that 40 when it's ready and available, but you're getting a BI 14 right now. So you get two braille displays technically for the price of one, which is pretty wicked to learn more about that call humanware or go to their website directly to make sure that I'm not underpinning some things here or, or, or just glossing right past them. But the units themselves are newly designed, new braille, new things going on. Andrew sent along some information to let us know that there were some low vision products that they talked about at their new uh, reveal and the prodigy, the Explorer and uh, the Explorer eight and the prodigy connect software uh, has been updated. They have a new person doing low vision and she spoke at the convention and the root preview mode for the Trek. That's interesting. We're going to have to bring Peter Tusik on to talk about some of this stuff because they announced things about the Trek that there'll be some upgrades coming. They announced uh, that they, they won't be using Galileo because it requires more hardware. And uh, they talked about here maps that they'll be using instead of Tom, Tom in the future. Those were all things that they publicly talked about. So we'll have to get Peter on and, and possibly Andrew, cause they're a great double act to talk about some of this stuff in depth. So Galileo, uh, it was next generation GPS, right? Yeah. Hardware, Mm -hmm. software tandem, but it's going to require new hardware. They're experimenting with it now in Europe. And as they're doing the rollout, they're finding out that some of that hardware uh, requires new specs. And so that's something that may have to change in the future. Uh, moving forward. And then the, the, uh, the, the, the map software that was demonstrated was pretty neat because they have more granularity with the here maps over what's going on with Tom, Tom. And that was really interesting. And the conversation that they were having about that to do things with virtual lookup and virtual walk around. And so you could memorize your route and do a little bit more stuff with it. There was more stuff with POIs, which was also very exciting. And the scientific calculator is coming to the braille note touch plus along with some other updates that they have going on, which I think is really exciting. So if you have uh, made the jump to braille note touch plus, or if you got a brand new one, there's some interesting things going on with some of the updates that are going on with Braille Note Touch Plus and one-handed mode, which is really helpful as Scott has told us on number of occasions on this show uh, about being able to uh, access things with one hand or Braille with one hand, especially when being able to travel. That's something that Scott really likes being able to have. And it's something that he mentions. Then that's really cool for sure. Uh, just to backtrack for a second on the new 40 some of the things it's kind of funny humanware in the past touted the fact that the brilliant didn't have a note taker and all these other features as a feature and <laughs> not a limitation it's funny how marketing works right you know hey this is great for students because they won't be able to look up stuff well guess what the new 40 has all the things that uh weren't formerly in there now you can lock it down for an exam mode but you now have a simple uh-huh. file editor you have onboard braille translation you can work with dot DLCX, BRF, Braille files, and text files. Yeah, you have onboard Braille translation. You have Bluetooth and Wi-Fi built in and newer generation Bluetooth, so maybe a little higher range as well. There is still exam mode, uh, USB-C. So, you know, it's definitely, it's, it's a lot of the things um, that some of the other Braille displays have had for a time, though. So that definitely is should modernize, and I think should kind of bring it into the forefront. You can't even get the second generation. They're out of parts. I just looked. It says out of stock currently, so you can't get the current 40. And what you do, uh, as far as the 14 slash 40, you put down a deposit of 995. That's the same price as the 14. You put that down, you get your 14, and then later on, you're going to pay the remainder 
do we have a price on the 40? Correct. It's about the when same. It ships right. Later this year. Yep. Yep. I don't know if we have a price. I think it's pretty close to the original, the, the current one. So a lot going on at Humanware for sure. Yeah. And the uh, HW Buddy app, which Andrew also talked about in our interview with Greg at the beginning of the year, that is great for if you want to read the manuals. Uh, it's an application that's available on both iOS and Android, so you're going to be able to get to that information. That's something that's really cool because we get that question a lot on the podcast where where's the manual? I want to read it. I want to learn all about this thing before I even go any further. What voices does it have? What does it support? Um, you know, is there eight dot six dot is it back translate? Uh, so easy to find app that you can utilize to be able to get some of this information is really cool. I'm going to put this summary in the show notes. So remember you can head on over to our blind bargains episode 213 show notes and find what Andrew has sent us as well as we got to get him on to talk th- about this more in depth. Yeah. But that's just kind of an overview of some of the things that they were mentioning. Freedom scientific also had mentioned that they've got an update coming out here in August. So their bi-monthly update as they're preparing to launch into public beta, which is probably right around the corner for 2021. So that's coming up really soon as well. Eric told an amazing story. Uh, I was telling you this in the virtual exhibit hall booth about how uh, they have a new staff member that they brought on that learned about how laptops kind of ramp power down. And that's why you have broken speech. Like, you know, you hit a key and it takes a second for speech to kick back in. And so you just have to have a signal flowing back and forth to the synthesizer. You said there was an NVDA add-on that does something very similar. There is. And then actually NVDA kind of built some of that into their latest version as well. So the Bluetooth audio thing, which hits a lot of headsets, uh, Bluetooth headsets, including even some of the ones we sell, will should be a lot easier now. If you have a Bluetooth headset and it's cutting out, if you're using JAWS or NVDA, there is... Definitely a way to fix that now, which will pretty much avoid the random cutouts, which can be really, really annoying. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree. And and I had to play with the power settings on my new laptop because I was running into that with uh, all my new hardware. Uh, you know, we've had, uh, in full disclosure, Ira on as one of our sponsors. Hadley is not a sponsor, but my fiance works there. And that's how I know about Hadley's new look. So Hadley has a new look over at the website. They've been working on it for quite some time. A lot of that information that is available, especially for low vision, uh, for individuals that are trying to get just bite-sized ways of doing things, whether it's Android, iOS, or other things in Windows, uh, those are all available. Some of the portals are now behind uh, the situation where you need to go ahead and sign up for Hadley Services. It's a real simple process, and you'll be able to log in and be able to get to all the content you already know from Hadley. It's definitely a neat look and more concise for those of you who are just looking for something. Uh, that's a little bit more streamlined in how they approach uh, or how uh, training is promoted or how training is approached. You might want to go give that a look because that's yeah. new. Wayround had an update while we were gone too, huh, Jay? Yeah. So uh, Wayround 3.1 on the iOS side is new. Uh, one of the cool new things now is that you can log into multiple accounts. So you might have your own personal account on Wayaround for tags that you label around your house. Perhaps when you are visiting a workplace, there is a shared account of things that are labeled around the office, such as, you know, instructions on the coffee maker or, you know, just other things around your office or other places, or maybe even a school district as well, wanting to share information with their students. Well, before you had to log out and log back in, of course, that's obnoxious. So now you can just sign into both accounts at the same time. And it makes it a lot easier to kind of share multiple sets of 
data and information and a lot of other just cosmetic play, uh, changes, things like that. The app is free. Uh, we do sell the tags over at AT Guys. So these are the little tags that you can um, touch your iPhone or Android phone to the tags, whether they're stickers or buttons or clips or whatever, and you can label stuff. And so the app remains free. It's just called Way Around Tag and Scan. And then we have the tags over at ATGuys.com. It's been been fun to do a lot of these different webinars that uh, Jessica has been hosting and, um, and archiving, finding different ways that people are using Way Around. It's really cool to see. If you have an ID Mate Galaxy or other device, uh, you may find that if you're trying to use some of the online services or trying to upload files or things like that, you might have run into a bit of a problem. That's because they changed the servers. And so you want to download the latest updates uh -oh. for your ID Mate devices because those things needed update in order to tell your device to go to a different server to interact with things at Envision America. So if you're wondering why some of that wasn't working the way it is, go ahead and try getting an update or contacting technical support and talking to the great folks over there at Envision America to get you up and running. That happened around May. They actually warned everybody in March and April, right around season time. So if you do have one, and as you know, I do, you want to go ahead and do that update because some of that stuff might not be working or transferring the way you expected. Lots of stuff going on. Of course, keep on the Blind Bargains website as we post news and updates and information, all of Joel's articles with news and tips and reviews and just lots of stuff from the past three or four months. Joel put a lot of time into that, so definitely check that out. Tangela also has uh, uh, stuff, information on the Android Braille keyboard, which came out this past spring, and it's kind of been uh, getting updates over time. That's over on Blind Bargains. And we AT guys did a thing a couple months ago with... San Francisco Lighthouse and Good Maps, which is the new name of Access Explorer, indoor navigation uh, company with uh, Mike May and others that are working over there. We did a thing on Zoom Audio. This was kind of towards the beginning of uh, COVID, especially when people were still trying to figure out how to sound good on Zoom. And we had a whole bunch of different microphones that people came in with. You can go back and hear that audio. And people pretty much came in and said what microphone they were using. Um, we have a whole bunch of links to stuff um, there. That's all at blindbargains.com. We still have our headset mic that we sell at AT Guys, a V7. That's a USB headset mic. It's, it's uh, you know, I'd say higher grade consumer quality, you know, for audio. So very decent. If you're not looking for podcast quality, you know, something crazy. If you're just looking for something that sounds decent, it's on ear, it's comfortable. Definitely something you can check out over at AT Guys, the V7 microphone, along with uh, Orbit Riders are shipping. Hey, the Orbit Rider Braille keyboards are shipping and they are getting updates as well to there's a few little minor bugs that have been squashed yeah, over how time. does that work i saw that there's already a firmware yep. update yep there are firmware updates for it so if you were an early adopter uh you there is an update path pretty much you download it you do need a windows pc to apply the update currently but it's a pretty simple process uh just press a couple of keys and it'll vibrate a bunch of times let you know that's going on and uh you're, you're all set so you know, the good news is there's updates that are available for these things. So you'll keep your $99 Braille keyboard up to date and working with the latest updates to iOS and 
Windows and Mac and whatever else you got, but they've been really popular. We've, we've loved them, man. I, they, they're so tiny. That's the thing. They just fit in one hand, uh, three ounces and the, for anyone not and multiple been, device support, yep. which, which is cool. Multiple device support. Uh, so that's the orbit rider. If anyone not familiar, we have podcasts on that as well, but it's the Bluetooth braille keyboard. So braille display without the display. If, if you want the display, then you can get the Orbit Reader 20 Plus, which is available now as well. Those are shipping the 40, which is a 40-cell version of the Orbit Reader with cursor routing and some other more advanced features. Uh, we're looking at about end of September at this point, but we're taking pre-orders all at ATGuys.com. Amazing. There is uh, so much that is happening, and it was neat to compile a lot of that information together. You were talking about uh, there are four articles. So for those who are fans of this particular podcast and you missed us, I put into text form a bunch of news that we would uh, probably not cover on the podcast. So it was kind of a bonus thing where you got a bunch of news that we would be interested in, and a lot of those stories we actually read on the PBQ crew. And then there was a bunch of kind of just navel gazing stuff. So there are articles there that is like, like you had a show, like a gigantic version of the show. Well, bigger than usual. Eight hour version. So a bunch of AT news, a bunch of <laughs> yeah, more than likely a technology section in that one. Episode too. Three. So it's like a bunch of news links. <laughs> oh. Yeah. And then there is, of course, kind of our interview section. So it's a culmination of our interviews that we did already this year from ATIA and then of course CSUN, they were put in order of popularity at the time that I made the article. So you can get an idea of what's really popular and what people are listening to. And then of course we have our tip section, a gigantic, we'll probably raid that article for tips for the next, uh, at least 200 podcasts. Cause there's a lot of tips there. And then a last word article, because I know Jay missed hearing about food and YouTube clips and cats. So there's definitely a lot of stuff there. There's some other stuff that happened like uh, HBO max was I miss released. you sending me food. Oh yeah, absolutely. Food HBO max came out. No audio description. Shouldn't be a surprise. They actually ported over the uh, players from HBO. So that doesn't work. I mean, it works. You can actually use it better on the web than you can iOS or Android. So that's not great. Peacock also hot mess of, tracking and wanting your email and phone number so they can give you all sorts of ads. That too is a real fun explore by touch mess. Also no audio description at the time of this recording. So that, that was great. Mm. And then CBS all access just got bundled with Apple and Showtime. CBS all access does have audio description. Showtime does not and Apple TV does. So if you were looking to have CBS all access Showtime and the Apple TV stuff, then you can go ahead and bundle that for $15 a month. And that comes out of your old Apple account if you want it to. So there was a lot of video stuff. The Hulu, I play with the Hulu web app. It's a lot, but it's certainly, that's very usable now. Way better. Yeah. If you are, uh, happen to be a Verizon customer on one of those newer family plans, uh, such as the Playmore Unlimited plan, um, or just the Playmore plan, you now can switch your plan to an equivalent same price version that gives you a bundle of Disney plus Hulu and ESPN plus. So before it was just free Disney plus now you can get all free, all free, all three free <laughs> for the same price. So I have set that up now as <laughs> a part of your Verizon plan, right? Yeah. So exactly. So now I have Hulu plus. So if, if you're on that situation, you might be able to get some free 
Hulu, and that's not like a limited time thing that that will last as long as this kind of a uh, deal is going on. So that's another, you know, we're seeing a lot more bundling of things, and that's really interesting. And that one is accessible as well for sure. Audio description on Disney Plus and some Hulu. So if if it's mostly newer, you're going to find audio description in some of those services. Older titles are being added ad hoc. Solely. So there's no yep. no surefire way to know. But you know what really happened? Um, as long as we're on audio description, Microsoft Movies and TV added audio description. I'm not sure when this happened. I huh. was told I a year ago wow. that this was going to happen and I couldn't say anything. But it happened. It was stealthy, uh, quiet launch. But it's another reason we had a tip a long time ago about Movies Anywhere. Movies Anywhere is an app that you can get and connect your, you can connect your iTunes, your Google Play, your uh, your Prime Video, and other services. Is that the one that Spectrum bought, or is that a different one? No, that's a that's a different one. I was leading into okay, that. That's funny you mentioned that. All right, but but, but Movies Anywhere is an app that we've talked about on this show before. And if you're a movie fan, and especially what used to happen is, is the only thing that had audio description was iTunes, right? But you would see a movie cheaper elsewhere. So you could hook up movies anywhere. And if you bought a movie on Google play, it would propagate it over to the other uh, areas. So you could actually buy a movie on Google play, have it show up in your iTunes library and get audio description as a bonus. But now a lot of these movies that have audio description are showing up on Microsoft movies and TV. And, uh, I was playing Spider-Man homecoming, which I own. And I was listening to that on my windows computer, which is super cool. And Microsoft sells movies super cheap. And if you don't care about visuals, if you have no one else to show the movie to in your house, you can actually save some money by buying it in standard definition. It still comes with audio description. So there's an opportunity there, but Jay, you watch a lot of movies on your computer. So I thought this was kind of cool that you're going to be able to do that. And then of course, link them. There was a big DC movie sale over the weekend for DC fandom. And so there was a lot of Batman titles and uh, Joker and a couple other titles that have audio description, justice league, Batman versus Superman. So you could actually buy those super, super cheap. And then I have that all connected. So I'm able to now, uh, if I see it on sale on iTunes, it'll show up in my Microsoft movies and TV library. I can watch it from my computer, which I thought was super, super cool. Now you just mentioned Hmm. active view. Yeah. Yep. Active view became spectrum access spectrum access so that happened also that's the old technology for for those of us who've been around a long time that's the old solo dx reincarnated once again yes so it's the technology that allows you to connect it to a movie and sync it across and so where this really is helpful is if you invite people over to your house who are not audio description friendly, like they would find it distracting. And there are sighted people who find AD distracting and, you know, and you could say my house, my rules, but that's kind of rude, right? If you watch a movie, like let's say gravity, which is, um, Sandra Bullock, George Clooney, it's a great space thriller. You actually could sync that movie. You could play that movie, rent that movie, find that movie, sync that movie through what is now spectrum access, which is free. And you'll be able to hear audio description on your phone and not interrupt anybody else. They can just watch the film with a 
standard audio track on the big speakers and you're listening to audio description on your phone, which is super cool for families who need that situation or, you know, for others who want to demonstrate that that's an opportunity. There are lots of movies there. It's not easy to search. You kind of have to spend a lot of time kind of floating around. There is an audio description kind of glossary of sorts over at ACB and their uh, audio description project. So that'll help you kind of scale that down, but you can download the app for free and go ahead and roll through it and see what movies are available in different genres. They're broken out and things like, you know, thriller and comedy, well, you and know, horror and romance. Honestly, the audio description project, which is one of my favorite website resources these days is pretty much where I start now. If I want to see, I want to watch a movie. Can I get it somewhere? Cause they have a big, huge takes a few seconds to load master list page of pretty much an up-to-date list of audio described titles. And they do a really good job of keeping that list up to date. And a lot of times it's on multiple services. Now it's on iTunes or prime video or Netflix, et cetera, et cetera. So it's all alphabetized and it's pretty up to date as far as what's out there. And there are thousands of TV shows and movies. Now it's amazing how much more we have just in the past couple of years. You don't have to go anymore to the underground type sources because of people recording stuff off TV, because a lot of the stuff is just legal and you can get it. And it's really cool that you can do that. So the audio description project is great. Interestingly, I didn't see anything on there about Microsoft movies and TV, which I was just trying to see if they had an update on that. So you might, you're ahead of the curve on that one, Joe. Nope. It, it, it works. I'll have to do a demonstration. I'll have to do a demo. Um, but yep. if you own some movies, uh, movies anywhere, I, I can't stress that enough. And then you can connect and they were actually giving away free movies over the weekend. If you connected movies anywhere to any of your services like Apple TV or to Amazon, Voodoo, uh, which is sold and changed hands once again, but it was never really that accessible anyway. So it's not like it was a big deal or a big loss. They don't have audio description there either. And you know, while we're on this kind of conversation, what I think is fascinating is that we're starting to see that more with people looking for things like, you know, to go to a movie now for some people is going to be very much out of the realm of possibility. They're not going to want to necessarily travel and they're yep. not going to necessarily want to go to the theater for the experience that it was. So the fact that we have more opportunities with movies coming out day and date with their theater counterparts because of the pandemic, that's fantastic, especially if it comes with audio description. So a better way for us to actually be in the moment as it's happening, the same as, as we're experiencing with television series, there was uh, a Rebecca Skipper, a longtime listener and someone who writes into the show often who she was watching star Trek lower decks. It's an animated star Trek comedy. And in the first episode had audio description. The second episode didn't, they actually are so busy. They can't catch up. Uh, same thing happened with Picard, star Trek Picard earlier this year. So there's so much coming that it's really crazy to see that this is happening. And then older titles from Paramount are getting audio description. If you get a chance, uh, you know, you're in iTunes, go to the audio description section. And when you see new releases, you'll see a film from like seven years ago. And you're like, that's not new. Oh, it's new with audio description. Oh, you know, so that's, that's exciting. That's, that's, that's really cool. And spectrum access too. a lot of those titles that are there, already have audio description if you own them. But you know, if you don't, you just want to rent it for two ninety nine for the night and you never really want to own the film. That's kind of great. 
and some opportunity. So I follow ADP Webmaster on Twitter, and that's the uh, that is the way. The other way, obviously, checking the, the individual services, but ADP Webmaster for the audio description project will tweet out uh, when they add new stuff. So that's another thing that you can do on Twitter to follow and keep up with stuff. And I had that lovely moment of YouTube TV going up to $65 and like, ah, do I really want to keep paying for this? And, and Google play music is going away, but that's a whole nother rant for a whole nother show. Cause I'm not happy about yeah, that. No, so we don't want an eight hour show. Yeah. Yeah. But the YouTube TV thing was hard because it's a real easy to use interface, whether you're on the web or iOS or Android, it has audio description on TNT. That's easy to get to TBS. That's easy to get to. If you have second audio and uh, some stations do Spanish, that's it's easy to get to. It's the same as cable to, though. Depending it's the same on your local cable. station. You know, cord cutting is not about saving money anymore. I mean, you're, you're going to pay the same as you do no. for cable. I mean, it potentially gives you more accessibility because you can use the apps on your phone or your computer and that's really cool but you're not doing this as much to save money especially if you're getting youtube tv plus netflix plus hulu plus disney plus plus peacock whatever oh my gosh and then this keeps yeah. adding up so uh you know it, it's yeah. good to know that the options that we have though more and more are accessible exactly <laughs> depending depending what your household wants to watch and what's available mm -hmm. there are these opportunities and of course locally if you lose power or something like that I've been very lucky with YouTube TV. And so, you know, flip over to the cell phone signal and start downloading it. So that can be very, very helpful, especially if you're traveling or if you're in a place uh, that's uh, being threatened by weather. Did you have a theory or thought about the Facebook drama that happened while we were gone? I mean, Chansey did. So the Facebook avatar issue. So there's a couple of different stories I was looking at. That one, the, the Facebook avatar one, was this was a new feature where they made it so you could make avatars and that wasn't really accessible. Well, this ties into a Twitter story, which you might recall as well, from <laughs> yes, a month or so ago, sure where Twitter added the ability to do audio tweets of an ilk and didn't provide accessibility for it or transcripts or any way to, to provide transcripts for the audio, which... In Twitter's it's case, worse than that, they actually yeah. said that this is what it was like to get a feature out without anybody mm. getting in the way, not yeah. realizing that people at Twitter mm. were working voluntarily for accessibility, that they really didn't yeah. have an accessibility to this. Them. Blew up. But this is the power of what we could do with development if we just drop it and not have to go through all these ways of checking and stuff yep. so that blew up but look what splendidly. happened look what happened so that got a lot of mainstream cover i was surprised when i saw how much mainstream coverage that got as far as the lack of accessibility for twitter the verge article actually said twitter hits a blind spot then went back and changed it i thought it was really funny um that that uh, the, the corrected version is actually in my big list of news links so if you want to follow along with what jay and i are talking about this is in the news article um that i have the bbq and review a pile of news until we do our next podcast so it's in there along with uh the announcement that they're going to hire an accessibility team yeah. which was kind of nice to see over at twitter still looking apparently last i saw that that job posting is out there if you or someone you know wants to be a, a senior accessibility person that appears to be a remote position but yes that's the thing yeah. we, we learned that the people that were doing accessibility in the past because twitter's had some here and there on their apps and their web app 
have pretty much been doing it as they had time. There was no one dedicated to accessibility, allegedly, on Twitter, and that, which is a crazy thing for that big of a product. I mean, that was just mind-blowing to hear and about And it wasn't just us. Deaf people were very upset at the idea that there were no captions for audio tweets. Yep. And that's what this was all about. So people could make audio tweets, but then deaf individuals couldn't access them. So that that was great. Yeah. And that ties into what we were saying in just a moment ago about the Facebook avatar thing. You would launch Facebook and be kind of prompted through user experience to create an avatar unless you were running a screen reader. Th- then you weren't. But they would just skip you. But right if you over. turned off your screen reader and then ask the assistant or Siri to launch you into things, well then, hey, look, there was the avatar editor, which worked just fine with the screen reader, by the way. So it wasn't like a thing where it didn't work. No, they just assumed, I guess, that if you were running a screen reader, then why would you care about an avatar? So that's even more nefarious. That was, Chancey did an amazing yep. uh, bit of sleuthing on that. And that was, that was good for her. Man, so there were little bits of things here and there in this gigantic pile of articles that I have over at the website. There are some really good ones in there, too, about the history of ADA. So the 30th anniversary of ADA came up. Many, many places did some fantastic articles. Washington Post, New York Times, Forbes. Forbes uh, has Stephen Aquino. They've done a lot of articles about the ADA and just accessibility in general. So they're listed there as well. So again, you go to blindbargains.com. That's all there as well as uh, all those other articles as well. So uh, we'll, we'll kind of keep uh, calling back these as we do the, our episodes over the next uh, few weeks. But also, I think it's time for a tip. This one about Zoom. <laughs> Let's see what's going on with Twitter. Okay, we're gonna do this order. Message from Patrick. This show is missing something. <sighs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll do it later. Message from Patrick. Tip. <sighs> Come on. I, I, I'm I'm doing stuff. Message from Patrick. Kind of hard to release a show without a tip. Don't <sighs> Message from Patrick. Come on. Message from Patrick. Hello. Okay. You know, sometimes there's just too many dang alerts. They get in your way. They're annoying. Every single stupid app has alerts, alerts, alerts. Actually, one of the most annoying has been Zoom until now, thankfully. If you uh, come into Zoom in a meeting in the past few months, you probably noticed you get alerts for everything from somebody joining and leaving a meeting or every single chat message, so-and-so has raised their hand, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Sometimes you just don't want to hear all that. Well, One of the new features in Zoom allows you to silence all of that stuff. Here's how you do it. So we're going to load the Zoom app in Windows. So I'm going to press the uh, Windows key. Start window, search window, search I'm going to type Zoom. Start Zoom app. Press right to switch preview one to free. Actually, I just typed Z-O. That was plenty enough for me. I'm going to press Enter. So you have to have the Zoom Windows app, or this should work the same on the Mac. You can't just do it from the web. Zoom window, setting button. I pressed Enter. I'm already on the setting button. If you're not there, tab until you hear settings, and then press Enter again. Settings window. All right, we're in a settings window now. Let's tab. List general selected. And we have a big list of settings categories. Now I could arrow through this. Video selected. Audio selected. Or I can press A, I think, for accessibility. Share screen audio. Ah, just kidding. You can't actually do that. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, let's try pressing uh, page down or end. Let's try pressing end. Accessibility selected. There we go. I pressed end. It's the last one on the list. That works. So we'll press end to go to accessibility settings and we'll tab. Close caption font size. Slider normal. 
And that was here before closed caption font size. These are default small size subtitles. Subtitle size. Chat display size. CTRL plus slash 80% combo box. Okay, but we have a new one if we tab one more time. Restore default button. Screen reader alerts list. Just kidding. Two more times. There we go. We have a new one if we tab two more times. Uh, screen reader alerts. So now, if I hit down arrow. I am chat received. Check selected. Look at all these. Participant has joined slash left meeting. Host only. Check selected. Participant has joined slash left waiting room. Host only. Check selected. Audio muted by host. Check selected. So some of these apply to just the host, and some of these apply to just everybody. Video stopped by host. Check selected. Screen sharing started slash stopped by a participant. Check selected. Recording permission granted slash revoked. Check selected. And as you might expect, if you want to change one of these, just press the spacebar. Check alert. New notification from Slack. Google Drive. Let's ah, see, I got a new notification from Slack right in the middle of this. Well, we'll have to work on Slack notifications next. <laughs> check alert. So you check and uncheck these, press in the spacebar. Public meeting chat received. Check selected. Uncheck alert. Again, uncheck. So if I were to arrow off of this up arrow and then press back down arrow. Recording permission granted slash revoked. Check selected. That one's checked. Public meeting chat received. Uncheck selected. That one is not checked. So there is your public chats. That might be ones that some of you may want to turn off if you don't want to deal with chats during a meeting. Check alert. I'm going to put it back to checked for now. Well, that's it. So all you have to do now is press escape to save the settings. It will automatically save. You don't have to press the save button or anything. Zoom window. Setting button. And there we go. We're back on the main screen. Now, I know you could do some of this in the past with scripts, but those only worked with uh, certain screen readers and for certain situations. So I always like it when the app itself can handle some of the accessibility uh, workloads. So you don't have to worry about doing it on your screen reader. So this will apply to whatever you're using, JAWS or Narrator or NVDA. And uh, the alerts will apply. And only the ones that you want to read will read. So now you can actually keep your screen reader speech on to hear the important stuff, and you can turn off the things that you don't want. Send your tips to feedback at blindbargains.com and do it quickly before I get any more alerts. It's your turn to sound off. Email feedback at blindbargains.com or tweet us at blindbargains. Hey, look, a mailbag. Look, sound off. Oh, my goodness. I hadn't actually... Uh... I was thinking about good old mailbag the other day, running my fingers through the fur, straightening its collar. Oh, wait, wrong podcast. Okay, yeah. so Angela L. Griffith wrote in and said the Bose frames are not discontinued, just the AR portion. So actually at the time she sent this in, they were on super duper cheap sale at Best Buy and Amazon and others. Since that time, at the time of recording, which is next to last week of August, they, well, I guess the last week of August, now that I sit here and think about <laughs> it, they actually bumped those puppies back up to $199, and they actually started to sell the polarized lenses in various colors, silver, blue, rose gold, and others. I don't know what to say here, because... All indications made it look like that they were actually discontinuing some of these. They did discontinue some of the earlier Bose products. Bose has undergone a CEO change and they've laid off some people. They've closed all the Bose stores. That's all this year before the pandemic. The CEO change was around CSUN. So Bose is going through a bit of upheaval. They're not the only ones. There's actually been rumors about Sonos being sold. A lot of audio companies are really hitting the wall Sennheiser too. So I, I, what I will agree here with is yes, you're right. Those AR products that if you had gotten your Bose frames a year ago, there were a lot more applications out there. The SDK has been stopped, but I, I, I would have said a month ago and disagreed with Angela that they were discounting these things through the floor to get them out the door. Now it's 
kind of stabilized. So you're right, Angela, I guess those are not discontinued, but the apps have been discontinued. My recommendation not to buy the doggone things still kind of stands. I mean, it's like three and a half hours, four hours. If you just don't like to have anything in or on your ears, they're worth it. They're totally, totally worth it. They're fun. You're not going to have them out for long because again, the battery life is just just not great for $200. But if those things drop to like 150 or below, yeah, that's a buy. Totally, totally buy. Uh, Roger Evans writing in uh, a couple of Windows questions, uh, one of which I know the answer to, the other of which, well, we'll see. Um, uh, we're talking about Narrator, and we were doing Narrator stuff, or I was on the uh, last version of the podcast, or on version, last episode, whatever you call it. <laughs> um, yeah, it feels like a version. Right. Yeah. <laughs> BBQ 3.0 at this point? I don't know. How can I tell which version of Windows I'm running? Well, that one's simple. So you're going to press the Windows key, and what you're looking for is system information. I typed SY, and I heard my screen reader say system information. Press enter, and then you can be, you'll be in a list, like a tree view list. You can hit up and down arrow, and you'll hear things like, system summary and you hit tab again and then you'll hear things like os name microsoft windows version 10.0 blah 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 it gets a little confusing like mine says the build number 19041 which i know is kind of cryptic it doesn't really tell you that it's the spring update i think there's another spot in windows that actually will tell you that part that is 2004 this is the latest build 19041 that's the spring 2020 update if you have a lower number than that then you are uh, running something a bit older and uh, we can link back to the uh, article that I posted where you can run the uh, the Windows update assistant and kind of force that latest update onto you for 2020 the 04 um, I'm a little less sure on the other question you know um, when I use the narrator it talks too much far too much in Excel gives the cell uh, row and cell information before the content I do not know if there's an, a, a trick for that one. I know there are verbosity settings in Narrator. There are a growing list of options if you go into Narrator settings. Yes. Which is control. Yes. Gr- growing all the time. N. You're absolutely right about that. And there are where tons. things get kind of iffy about this is I don't know what version of Office. And Office 365 has many things that have been added to Narrator. And so. If you're using the latest version of Office, and a good way to check is to go ahead and do your Alt-F and go down to Account, and then go over to Office and get Updates, because that'll put you at the latest Office updates, especially if you have your current license. Remember, there is a difference now. So if you're using Office 2019 or Office 2017 or a boxed copy that is different than Office 365, there are features that will come to the Office suite but they come faster to Office 365. So that's just kind of the way that Office is now that it's cloud-based. What I will say though is if you contact the Microsoft Answer Desk. I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did I steal yeah. your thunder? I didn't no, mean you're to. Good. Um, no, that's fine. Yeah. Office, <laughs> the, the, the Microsoft Office Answer Desk, do a quick search on that to get the number or reach out to MSFT Enable. Twitter is another great way. Go through Be My Eyes is what I was going to say. That's another way you could do it too. You're yeah. right. That will help you a great deal because sometimes some of those flags are buried and it does take someone with a savant like way to be able to tell you how to yeah. do some of that. It could be just as much as changing your view in Excel. And, uh, that happens in outlook a lot where if you just change your view, things can get a lot easier in outlook. So 
you're a listener, I'm afraid to you tell know. you one thing and you right. have not be the case. If you're a listener and you know, feedback at blindbargains.com. Let us know. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. thank you for doing our work for us. No, there's just so many narrator commands. I, I, use, <laughs> yeah. I, do, I do use narrator more and more, especially running eloquence as I was in that, in that demo. So I've actually had it on a couple of times and forgot Especially I had it on. Especially <laughs> if you want to test a clean system. If, you, if you're trying yeah. to troubleshoot something and you don't want to have JAWS drivers or anything running in the background that's going to get in the way of something, there's nothing like dusting a system, starting out clean and running narrator to test whether it's a hardware or software issue. If you have that ability, if you have the time and if you have the system that you can afford that to uh, my brand new laptop that I'm running that we'll talk about in another episode. I'm not putting anything. This is, this is NVDA and, and narrator only on this thing. Uh, cause I, I really like a clean system. I've really come to enjoy this, this is kind of nice. Jan Brown sent in an email from May 23rd talking about how she's been eating her way through the pandemic. I agree. I understand oh. this. Well, uh, we've gone through three of the five Lay's flavors, Jay, we've gone through, okay. uh, the taste icons here. So we've gone through the New York pizza one. We've gone through the Philadelphia cheesesteak one, and we've gone through the street taco one, the, the Garnitas street taco one. The secret ingredient, Jay, is salt. Is New York pizza like those old pizzeria chips, which I still miss from the 90s? Is, yes, but salt is the primary uh, taste, I well. would say, you will notice when you place them in your mouth. Oh, so well. they are not overt pizza. It's it's not like you put it in your mouth and immediately go, ooh, cheese and tomato sauce. Hey, COVID it train. It is more of the bakey kind of, <laughs> yeah. No, it's not the same. Not, not hey, the same. Amtrak. It's still uh, around. So <laughs> Alex Hall and I, Alex, who named this particular program, Alex Hall and I have been trading food back and forth now for a while, uh, what we've been trying during uh, the after times and, uh, some really scary things. So, uh, if you follow Alex and I on Twitter, you'll see cross conversations about what we've come across. He tried the, um, Krispy Kreme donut holes and, uh, some other ones. It's a shame to hear that some of our favorite food places though, maybe downsizing, if not going away. So Dunkin' Donuts has announced some closures, uh, and there's um, actually some scaling down to Tim Hortons and other places, but a lot of those are actually coming to licensing. So like California pizza kitchen is going through a restructure, if not a, an outright bankruptcy. And a lot of that stuff is actually replicated in frozen form in your frozen food section. So the actual storefront may go away, but you might be able to still find it in the freezer section for years to come. So my biggest thing as we kind of segue toward last word ish kind of things is trying to support the local restaurants that are out there, uh, especially with COVID. A lot of them, at least around here are either at 50% capacity or just doing carry out and they need all the help they can get. I really do not do a lot of ordering from say like McDonald's or KFC, or whatever. They'll be fun. I'm not too worried about them. It's the local places, many of which have the same or better food, than anything that you can get from a chain. So if you have local places that will deliver to you or you can go do pickup, I would definitely recommend doing that. The first choice that most of them would tell you, the first choice is if they have their own 
delivery people or you can do a pickup without using a DoorDash or a Grubhub. That is their preference because then they get to keep 100% of the cut. So even some of the things that are listed on the delivery apps, they also have their own drivers as well. So if you call up the restaurant and say, hey, do you guys do your own delivery? You know, they'll get you up there and you can do it. So that's just me personally, but it's I've been really been trying to support the local places because I, I mean some of them I've ordered from for many many years and I do not want to see them go away. And you know if I if I have a choice in restaurants between say a Chipotle and some local Mexican place that can get me just as good of a burrito, I'm going to go local every single time. And check your local papers like your business journals or uh, things like that in your area if your city has one of those or your township has one of those. Because they're doing a lot of articles about the best place in blank to get wings or the best place in blank to get pizza. Because I read a lot of and post a lot of strange food stories. I get a lot of that in my Google feed. And I'll see that from various towns and cities. And, and it's good to know what's in your area to be able to help them out. And Google is really good also about just typing in wings or something like that in Google Maps. And you can use Google, the local guides who will tell you a lot of things about a particular thing. One of my reviews that I did for a Mexican food place here in Charlotte had over a hundred thousand views because I described what the restaurant layout was. And I mainly did it in case someone blind ever went in there, but people actually liked it because I was so descriptive in how I described the restaurant. So there's, there's that too. In in this one particular tamale place I really wanted on the East side of Charlotte, I learned they wrote a different menu every day on the wall. And I only got that idea because it came from Google local guides. So we've talked about local guides before in Google maps in kind of your prep in looking around a place when, you know, trying to find out more information if you go to a new city or something like that. But uh, now especially is a great opportunity to do that. And I didn't know there was like local coffee roasters in the Charlotte area. I found that out. Ricky got me, uh, for my birthday, Tiff's Treats, which did their own local delivery of warm cookies within two hours to the house. Ooh. You know, that was just simple searching. So there's a lot of things that you can find and get local flavor and give back to your community that are available. It's just sometimes a Google search away, if not doing just a little bit of legwork in your local paper and using their search. And also, don't forget your local paper. The Charlotte Observer here has been on a very big uh, kick to get people to subscribe or at least get into the digital edition. Oh, yeah. And, you know, some of these digital editions are like $2.99 or $4.99 a month. The Charlotte Business Journal is incredibly cheap for the information that it has if you're into that kind of thing. Because that, that information can be very helpful when doing a job search or doing a look into what's coming into the area or what is even available or open or uh, we'll tell you about a big thing. Like, uh, let's say a symphony is going to do an outdoor concert in a parking lot. Or your Walmart is doing a drive-in movie. That's that's cool. That's, that's nice to know. Uh, so it's a great way to be able to keep up with going on in your area outside of Facebook, outside of Twitter, outside of Nextdoor. <laughs> Nextdoor. Oh, boy. Both of us are curse. <laughs> Well, I was looking at the uh, I was looking at this list and I didn't see anything under last word, but I saw Patrick tweet a little while ago, reminding us that wow, twenty five years since Windows ninety five came out. Start me up, come on. 
Get the Rolling Stones out no, there. No, I knew the Rolling Stones thing. Gonna start me but up. this other clip that Patrick posted, I did not realize this was on the CD. A song called Good Times. Oh, yes. This window's 95. Like it way better. They did way better than the what I am is what I'm. You know, this is much better. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just imagine the AVI. So, 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 so you were never a a a big fan of uh, Santeria or uh, or other things there with um, a certain band out of California there, huh? Yeah, yeah. Good to know. I won't put that on my '90s mix when we. No, the we '90s do our stuff is no, 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 no. So I'm just talking about the uh, Eddie Bacasso. <laughs> that's all I'm. What, talking do, what about. do you got? What, uh, what, what the, I got? What I am? What I am? Yeah, that's all. No, no, no. Santa Maria's Oh, what I am? Oh, you're talking Edie Brickell. Edie Brickell. Oh, you went Edie Brickell. See, I was going somewhere else, but yeah, no, the I Edie Brickell clip. Edie uh, the Edie Brickell clip. You know that, that's what yeah. happens. When, that's what happens when you yeah. insert a clip after the show. <laughs> no, that's true. I interviewed Edie Brickell, and I don't think she knew I was even in the room. She was as, she was she was higher than the clouds. That woman was. Enjoyed the concert though. That was good. I not realize that. No, this is on the Windows ninety five. Do you remember the disc two error? No. So I worked the launch of Windows 95, sir. I was at Incredible Universe uh, when this launched and assisted the computer team in uh, putting all the the stuff up for the launch of Windows 95. And I was also lucky enough that I wasn't involved in the return team uh, because the disk two error, you would launch disk one to start loading Windows 95 and then you would insert disk two and then disk two would tell you to insert disk one and forever would you be trapped because there was an error in pressing on the disks. And it was oh, a, man. a boot loop issue. So many of these over time, uh, it was so Windows 98. Returns. It was Windows 98 with uh, Bill Gates coming on Conan in the blue screen of death <laughs> on late night. Oh, yes. Or the web TV about that same time where the web TV died and uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar handed it to him and he reset it right there on stage. That was, that was yeah. awesome. Pro- proving, so much. proving that he was also uh, a wonderful geek. Yeah, I mean, it was a different time. It was yeah, a way, it was, way different but some time of, back but then. some of Windows 95 is still where we, where we are now. I mean, you look at the start menu and the taskbar, those, sure. those were Windows 95 concepts, and they're still with us in, in some form 25 years later. And uh, You can still load a, a floppy disk on Windows 10. There's still drivers. Some of those legacy drivers still exist. Yeah, a lot of uh, a, a lot of that thought. stuff is That's still really uh, still hung around. So yeah, send us your favorite uh, Windows ninety five memories as well. Feedback at blindbargains.com. We're uh, we're over time, so we need to. If you need a real click hole moment, uh, search on yeah. YouTube things like uh, running uh, running running Windows Millennium in two thousand and twenty, or running oh, Windows. Uh, you running on a running pie? Windows ninety eight in two thousand and ten. Oh, this is great. It's fantastic. Could you run it on a Raspberry Pi, like awesome Windows 95? Stuff. I'm sure someone did it. Probably. You, you, I guess you could, 
Right. Like, you know, there's still Would some modernistic to, problems is that you can run into. Right. Yeah, and it's running no. ARM. It runs better than Windows 10 on a Pi, believe me. I've tried it. Well, right. <laughs> yeah, the in, in, you, know, you don't have an Intel processor on your Pis. I guess that does kind of make it a little more... <laughs> Uh, difficult. Uh, that's Patrick. Did you Perdue. know that um, the newest version oh. of uh, Android is uh, R and it is red velvet cake? That's what they're talking Ooh. about. Uh, that it was unofficially, they still had a dessert after Q and it was red velvet cake. That's just one of the nuggets that we may cover when Android releases their new version of their operating system next month. I got a Pixel 4 right here, Jay. All right. Can talk about it with you. That's I, good. I, and the 4A is, is Celebrate good, our 10 well. years of talking Android accessibility. It's crazy. And then uh, so much, so much more because it's a rumor that we're going to have an Apple event next month. So yep. that's going to happen. Given our recording and schedule lately, I'm, I'm just done promising shows. You know what? Just stick to the feed. So the best way to do it is <laughs> follow, follow our podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever the heck else we are. We on radio.com. Yeah, we yeah, we're somewhere. Didn't we know. get an invitation for Amazon? Amazon Podcast or something? Oh, yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. Spotify, Stitcher. I, I guess we can go on there. Yeah, the, first, the first edition of Amazon Podcast, they had a clause that said you couldn't <laughs> say bad things about Amazon, but then they finally retracted that. So I guess we can get on there now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I need, I still, you know, I was actually, I have a, I have a doc that I have of things that we haven't shown. We haven't shown Samuel Jackson on echo and I have that. I'll have to, I'll have to demonstrate. It's awful. Have to have it's terrible. Sam read us the weather. It's not very good. <laughs> it's, it's weird. It's, it's not, as, not really, as good really as John Legend. Weird. John Legend, I think is gone, but we he still have gone. Sam. Yeah. yeah. It was a lot better. So you could follow, if you like those articles that you saw on the website, <laughs> all those links, uh, that is just me kind of scraping the tweet feed occasionally. And, uh, you can get a lot of that information over at Ranger station, all one word to be able to find out, uh, some of the things that sometimes happen on the show. I used to say on the show before the show, but some of the things that happened that didn't happen on the show now at so, all. Right. They just, there's the happened. They just happened. Twitter.com slash blind bargains or at blind bargains on yeah. Twitter using your, your app of choice as well as uh, where you can follow us on Twitter. We are on Facebook. We never mention it, but all, if you want to find our news posts, I do, uh, thanks to some script. I forget which, which one it was, <laughs> but all the articles get posted up on our facebook.com page as well for blind bargains. So you can find us there. I don't think I've mentioned that in five years, <laughs> but it's there. And, uh, <laughs> It, and I, every once in a while, I see someone comment, and I think Joe shares them once in a while. So there you go. Um, that's there in uh, blindbargains.com, where you can listen to stuff online, or you can um, get our apps and all that stuff as well. So, and you know, still working on getting some of the app. We, I know we, I know we have the audio player. We got to fix up on the iOS app. So you're better off with the audio. Just yeah, it was it, uh, some iTunes. comments that came in. Yep. Uh, yep. We, we're still reading all your comments. They, they, we still appreciate them oh, uh, yeah. at feedback or on Twitter uh, because we've been putting out kind of questions out on Twitter as we go. Yep. Also, thanks to Easy Chirp, by the way. Those articles that I did, uh, way easier to do by going through my tweet feed and the Blind Bargains feed by going through Easy Chirp. So if you haven't used Easy Chirp, it's a great web way to use static, quick, screen reader friendly, so, so much easier to grab that information and put it into a document. Really, really easy. Also shout out to Ricky. She finished the last of us 42 hours. Uh, that's how much she put into finishing that there've been updates to that. So we'll come back to that at some point. We'll circle around and also uh shout out to Shelly. Shelly won an award while we were out. Oh, yeah. 
Um, so she, uh, or was nominated for a big old award for her documentary last year on the history of voiceover. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that, uh, you should. And you interviewed Shelly last year about that. I do believe we had an excerpt that uh, is available. Yeah, I don't think I interviewed so No, we just put in the, we, we, we just put in the clip. Yeah. Which was really cool. But is that what we did? Yeah. We just popped in a clip. That's what we did. But yeah, go get that uh, 36 seconds dot com or let me type it in really fast must be that org here this is where joe talks about useless things or absolutely nothing while jay is actually plumbing through the site to be able to delve into the actual 36 seconds dot or i cut you right off 36 seconds dot org is there we go um, also, no, no, no. I, yeah. I, I did what I needed to do. This is okay. how this works. Yeah, you're good. Yeah. Um, I, oh. This podcast is 39 seconds longer than it should be. Oh, sorry. <laughs> ah, so true. And thanks to Patrick Purdue for keeping us on task and also trimming down where he can uh, the edit points yep. to make this. Oh, I do have one more shout more. out. Sorry. You're okay. Yeah. You I, know, I, just, I need to uh, a quick shout out to the, uh, the Double Tap Canada, Double Tap crew oh yeah so i was uh, i'm with them again i think that one's going to come up before this one does so you can go to uh to uh, double tap uh with steven scott and sean and you can uh, check that out i was talking about ira stuff and he he was kind of say that we broke the story i'm like well the newsletter broke the story but hey you want to say we wrote the story that's fine <laughs> yeah i was about to say <laughs> all we did was parrot right but that's giant right, but, parrot know, always, macaw on that always, story always fun to do that uh talked about ira and a little bit about android and other stuff as well so that's out there as well and thanks to all of you who've reached out to us uh, through various places to check in on us, to find out why we haven't recorded, to make sure we're okay, to make sure we didn't get the virus. All of you guys have been super cool. A lot of it has been charting a course for the show. Uh, you've known that we've been doing barbecue bites for a while. Um, that may be our format in the future. It really all depends how the news goes, but we are definitely charting a course and you know, it was the longest I'm going to be honest, this is the longest break I've taken in podcasting in 10 years. And it really helped me. So I, I appreciate having some of the downtime, spending more time with the family and, and coming back at it with some ideas. Uh, we've all been talking. We were still, you know, doing things, talking back and forth. And Jay still got things happening over at AT guys, but it meant a lot to us. And I say this often because it's true it meant a lot to have people reaching out to us and checking in on us and making sure we're cool and that things were still happening because you know, when you've done this many audio programs as we have, you do lose sight occasionally on the impact that you have in reaching into your speakers every week. And so, uh, it meant a lot to me to hear a lot of that and have a lot of people check in and make sure that everything was okay. But cool. Just, you know, remember, you could always hit us at uh, the places that we mentioned at the end of this podcast, because we do see that information and we do respond. So thank you, everyone. We hope everybody out there is safe and taking care of yourselves. Uh, remember to keep your masks on and doing the right thing in order to keep you and those you know safe. It's not just about you. It's about those around you. That's going to do it, folks. As I turn my AC on, just for Patrick. <laughs> That's going to do it, folks. We'll see you. <laughs> next time i just couldn't wait another 10 seconds sorry <laughs> you know. you're just not gonna say next week i like i like i we're not gonna Sex necessarily yeah, yeah. No, no, jinx see it. you no, it makes, later makes perfect yeah, yeah. yeah we, bye this has been another blind bargains audio podcast visit blindbargains.com for the latest deals news and exclusive content 
This podcast may not be retransmitted, sold, or reproduced without the express written permission of AT Guys. Copyright 2020. Easy for you. The way.